Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Y'all, I would have preached this message to you last night at 9 p.m. if anybody would have showed up, because I was ready to go, and I'm still ready to go. I'm going to calm down for a minute. It's going to be so good. Are y'all ready to receive? If not, just get yourself ready. But welcome to church, y'all. So glad you're here. In case you don't know me, my name's Cade. I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. Here at No Limits, we're here to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. And the bottom line is, this is a place to come get prepared to go out and make a difference for the kingdom of God. I want to remind you of what we're after this year. You all know this. Go ahead and bring my mic down a little bit, Brian. It's ringing a little bit up here. But this year is all about team. It's about what we can accomplish together for the kingdom of God. So I need to check in with you guys. How many of you are more engaged as a team than you were when this year started? There better be more of you than that. Don't lie to me, though. (laughs) Have you found out that working as a team takes work up front and comes with challenges along the way? Nobody? Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, I need you to know something. The challenges are worth it. Keep going. Keep engaging with your team. Did y'all make each other mad yet? Well, forgive each other and keep going. All right? It's going to be good stuff. All right. So two weeks ago, I kicked off a new series called Miracles because we're on the horizon of an incredible move of God. And our job right now is to get prepared for mind-blowing miracles. We've been preparing for a couple of years now. The, the fire of God has been coming in and cleansing us from sin. That's been uncomfortable at times. But in the end, we're like, wow, I'm thankful that that's gone. And we've, we've become more aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. And now we're a church who's positioned and ready for God to use us in the end-time revival. Like God's going to work mighty miracles through No Limits Church. Right here. He is. But let's not just sit back and wait. Let's continue to prepare for what God's going to do. So this series is all about helping you renew your mind regarding miracles and faith. So each week I'm going to start by reading you a true story from the Azusa Street Revival. This incredible revival started in 1906 in Los Angeles, California. And amazing miracles were released every day for three and a half years. Every day. For three and a half years. Incredible. Missing limbs grew out where there were none. Whoop. Like that. Eyeballs filled in empty sockets. Cancerous growths fell off onto the floor and they had to come sweep them up. Ooh. Day after day, they just bathed in the glory of God. So there's a young woman named Diane and she walked into the, the revival meeting with her hands supporting a large growth about half the size of a basketball on the side of her head. And before she could even get seated, people people started surrounding her. And one of the ministers there said that God is going to work a miracle for you. She came to get a miracle, and all she could do was nod, yes, yes. And as the people began to lay hands on her, the growth began to shrink. And the woman was speechless. And she just stood there gasping and then finally yelled, I'm healed! I'm healed! And the growth was gone. Get this, 60 years later, someone met with this lady about the miracle. She said she had heard about the miracles happening at the Azusa Street warehouse. She even saw flames coming up out of the warehouse and meeting flames that were coming down from heaven. This is one of the phenomenons that they saw there. And so she thought to herself, what have I got to lose? I'm dying. And if I go there and I die, so what? 
Do I hear some music? Cool. So she thought to herself, what do I have to lose? I'm dying, and if I go there and die, so what? The doctors can't do anything. They can't operate on this because it's too big. So she's like, if I go there and I die, who cares? So she waddled herself down to Azusa, holding that growth in her hands. And the miracle not only saved her life, but it propelled her forward into a ministry that impacted thousands over the years. Which is 25 cents to her name, she started a soup kitchen in her early 20s and continued it all the way into her 60s. Incredible. That's amazing. And if you want to hear more stories about the Azusa Street Revival, where I'm getting these is out of a book that's called True Stories of the Miracles of Azusa Street. Basically, this guy went around to everybody. This was years ago. He went around and interviewed people who were part of the Azusa Street Revival and asked them their stories. He recorded them in a book. But I share these stories with you because in 1910, after the revival was over, it was prophesied that in about 100 years, there would be another revival like Azusa Street. Only this time, it would not be in one place. It would be all over the world. And this revival will not be just with one person or with just pastors. It will be with everybody in the body of Christ. And this time, the revival will not end until Jesus returns. Can you do the math? It's a little past due. It's said in about 100 years. So who's ready to be a part of these amazing miracles of God? Yes. Well, let's continue to prepare for miracles by renewing our minds with the Word of God. And we're going to start by taking another look at our core scripture for this series. How many of you all have your Bibles in the room? If you do have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. I usually go through a lot of scriptures. That's why I don't normally have you get out your Bibles. But I'm just going to have you turn to this one today because we're going to revisit it a couple times. You can pull it up on your phone if you want to. Of course, I'll put it on the screen for you all. If you're there, say amen. Mark chapter 11. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it'll happen. But you must really believe it'll happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So in this short lesson from Jesus, we learn four things that determine our ability to receive miracles from God. Number one, have faith in God. Number two, speak your faith. Number three, remove the doubt. Number four, forgive others. And today we're going to dive into speaking your faith. But before I get into that, I got to recap what we talked about last time about having faith in God. Because the reality is there's people who think that they can just speak things into existence. You've probably heard this referred to as the name it and claim it gospel. Anybody heard of that? Well, I'm not going to teach you that. I'm not going to teach you that. Yes, it's very important what you say, but your speaking produces nothing unless you have faith to back it up. In other words, for words to move mountains, they must be birthed from faith. So what is faith? Let's go to Hebrews to find out. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So in the scripture, we see two definitions of faith. Faith is substance. Faith is evidence. And to get a better understanding of what it means by substance, let's look at that Greek word for substance, hypostasis. And here's what it means. That which has actual existence, steadfastness of mind, resolution, confidence. So faith is knowing that what you are hoping for already exists. It has actual existence, even though I can't see it. And you're confident that no matter what you see right now, this is how it's going to be. It's going to line up with my faith. I'll sum it up to you this way. Faith is confidence in God's word. And since we're talking about speaking faith today, let me clarify with this statement. Faith is confidence in God's word, not my word. 
Some Christians are trying to speak things into existence without God's word to back it up. And even if it is backed up by the word of God, if you don't know it, what the word of God says, if you don't have a revelation of what's in God's word, it will produce no result because it's got to be birthed from faith. So if you're speaking healing over your body, but you're not quite sure that God wants you well, your words are going to hit the floor and die. If you're speaking prosperity over your life, but you're not quite sure God wants you to prosper, your words are going to hit the floor and die. Uh, sorry, to, I feel like I really disappointed you with that one. Y'all are looking at me like, dang it. But why? Why? Why does this happen? Because faith comes because you heard the word of God. Oh, not the Bible. See that down there? Not the Bible. I caught you. I mean, how many times have you come to church and thought, oh, I've heard that before? And you just kind of tune out and don't listen anymore? Well, no wonder you're struggling with faith. Because here's the truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not because you heard. It's because you're hearing and hearing the word of God. Continually, ongoing, never stopping. Every day, you hear and you hear and you hear the word of God. Some of you just found out why your faith is so dry. Because you're trying to operate based on something you heard last year. Come on. We all just received that. I know it's kind of like a little spanking, but man, it's going to help you. So listen up. I show up every Sunday to fill you with faith. And if you listen, faith will come and you will see the results of it. So if you are listening, repeat after me. I'm here to hear the word of God. Now look at your neighbor and tell them to be quiet so you can hear. So how many of you would like fresh revelation about speaking your faith today? A lot of us have heard a lot of messages about speaking your faith, and I'm not regurgitating any of that. This is a fresh revelation from God today. It's what you're going to get. And I want to start by rereading that scripture we just read earlier, but in a different translation. So now I'm in the New King James Version, and it says, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask whenever you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Did you notice how many times Jesus referenced speaking? Let me highlight it for you. Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things at which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, whenever you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. How'd you like that animation? (laughs) Apparently, what we say is important. But also notice that if we want what we say to be done, we have to believe what we are saying and have no doubt in our heart. Mm. Let's go to a healing miracle of Jesus to help us understand this. Jesus was heading to somebody's house to heal their daughter. And on the way, he was followed by a crowd of people. Everyone was fighting to get closer to Jesus. Just imagine that scene. And in the crowd was a woman who had suffered 12 years with constant bleeding. And she had spent all her money on doctors to try to fix the problem. And they all failed. All of them. Actually, they made it worse. And I'm not against doctors, but not a lot's changed in 2,000 years. It's quite common for doctors to spend your money, give you lots of medication, and then leave you off worse than you were before. (laughs) Like I said, I'm not against doctors. They have their place, but they can't replace God. We have a doctor in the house, and I know she would agree with that. 
And they're under a lot of pressure these days by a corrupt medical system that has nothing but a love for money. We need to understand that. The system doesn't care about you. It just cares about how much money it can get from you. Harsh reality. So beware. Find a good doctor who hasn't bowed to the corrupt system. They're out there. They're far and few between, but they're out there, and you can find them. And if you didn't like that, stay tuned, because I'll say something else you don't like. (laughs) So this woman had given up on doctors, but she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus, and as she was working her way through the crowd, she thought, if I could just touch the bottom of his robe, I'll be made well. So she fought her way to Jesus and touched the bottom of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of that terrible condition that she had for 12 years. Take note, she didn't say anything. Jesus didn't say anything. Jesus didn't even notice that she was there until he perceived the healing power going out of him. I mean, lots of people were touching him. It's not that he felt her touch. No, he felt the power going out of him because this woman had received her healing. And then he spoke. And here's what he said. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. What made her well? Her speaking? Jesus is speaking. Jesus' touch. Jesus' anointed robe. Is is, Is that what it was? No, it was her faith that made her well. Your faith is what accomplishes the miracle. Speaking your faith seals the deal. Did you get that? Your faith is what accomplishes the miracle. Speaking your faith is what seals the deal. I mean, this woman was healed through her her faith, but Jesus was not going to miss an opportunity to speak faith. So he said, you are well. Go in peace. Your suffering, it's over. How many of you know that those words stuck with that woman? They stuck with her. If Jesus didn't speak faith, she probably would have gone home that evening wondering, was I really healed? Is this really going to stick around? But Jesus made sure she wasn't going to end up sick again. Yes, it was her faith that made her well, but speaking faith is what kept her well. Your suffering is over. It's over. But don't put God in a formula. Don't put him in a formula because sometimes the miracle happens simultaneously with speaking faith. We discover this in the healing miracle of Bartimaeus. That's a cool name. No, you're not going for that one, babe. We have a baby coming in two weeks. His name's going to be Daniel, but maybe we should change it. Bartimaeus. What do you think, Paul? That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Well, Bartimaeus, he was blind and he was a beggar, and apparently he was annoying because a large crowd was trying to hear Jesus, and Bartimaeus kept interrupting because he was crying out for help, and they told him to be quiet. But he just got louder. It's a good thing he got louder because eventually Jesus heard him, and when Jesus heard him, he stopped his preaching, and he signaled for the man to come over. Come here, Bartimaeus. And then Jesus asked, what can I do for you? Seems like a funny question. They all knew he was, he was blind, but Jesus needed to find out something. Did he have faith? And here's what happened next. Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. So the blind man, he showed up with faith. Then Jesus spoke faith, and instantly the man could heal, or could see. So don't try to put this stuff in a formula. Sometimes the miracle shows up first and speaking faith happens afterwards, like with the woman with the blood issues. Other times the miracle happens as soon as you speak faith, like with the blind man. And either way, here's what you need to remember. Your faith is what accomplishes the miracle. Speaking your faith is what seals the deal. It can happen in succession, one after the other, or you can get your miracle and seal the deal simultaneously. 
And really, who cares how it happens? There's no bad way to receive a miracle. Now, let me show you what it looks like when, you're, when it sounds like you're speaking faith, but there's no faith to back it up. Thankfully, the disciples illustrated this for us so that we know that we're not alone, all right? <laughs> Jesus had just been up on a mountain having an experience of heaven. His appearance was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Moses and Elijah came for a little chat. Good times. And I'm sure this was very refreshing for Jesus. So I can imagine him coming down from the mountain after this experience. It's just like this huge smile on his face, right? I just got to talk with my bros. Hadn't seen them in a while. God's having me down here with these crazy disciples, but I got to talk to Moses and Elijah for a minute at least. And so he comes down the mountain with a smile on his face, only to be greeted by a fussy crowd of people. And he asks what all the fussing is about, and one of the men in the crowd speaks up, and he says, Teacher, I brought my son to you so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. He foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Okay, like this isn't the most uplifting situation. But by this time, Jesus is a pro at casting out demons. So what's the big deal? Well, the man keeps talking and he says, so I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Uh Uh-oh. I imagine Jesus' smile disappeared. And I know that it did because he goes and issues a stern rebuke to the disciples. Take a look for yourself. He said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Oh, man. This is what happens when you're speaking faith, or when you're speaking sounds like faith, but there's no faith to back it up. People get aggravated at the lack of results, and Jesus gets aggravated at the lack of results. So they brought the boy to Jesus, and as soon as the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a convulsion. The boy fell to the ground and started foaming at the mouth. So put yourself there with Jesus in this moment. You'd probably be scared spitless. There's a boy on the floor foaming at the mouth like he had just had a convulsion. But Jesus was completely calm about what was going on. The reason I know he's calm is because he starts to engage in a little small talk with the parents. So how long has this been going on? And the parents explain this has been going on for a while. And the evil spirit even tries to kill the kid by throwing him into the fire. Then they said, help us if you can. Uh Uh-oh. Not only are the disciples lacking faith, but the parents are lacking faith too. So Jesus gives them an opportunity to hear the word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Take a look at what he said. What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. This brings out a new layer in the importance of speaking faith. Speaking faith helps others receive their miracle. When someone's struggling to receive a miracle, our response tends to be, I'm so sorry. I don't know why it's not working. Maybe you just need to read the Bible more. Stop that nonsense and use the opportunity to speak faith by speaking God's word over their lives. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, and by his stripes, you were healed. 
then we think, yeah, but what if we give them false hope? What if, what if I speak healing and they die? Well, at least your last words to them were faith and not doubt. I mean, I think that's better. Take every opportunity to speak faith. Resist the pity party and speak God's word instead. I went to a a meeting a few weeks ago, and it was me and 10 other pastors coming together to pray. They'd been inviting me for quite some time, and I was finally able to make it. And on my way there, I was envisioning like this powerful time of prayer. I mean, 10 pastors who preach God's word every Sunday coming together to pray like this is going to be awesome. Imagine my surprise when I sit down to endure about 30 minutes of griping and complaining. Every one of them had some kind of struggle or overwhelming challenge in their life that they had to tell everybody about. Then it came time to pray, and their prayers followed suit. They sounded really religious. Oh, God, if it be your will, deliver me from this oppression and this destruction. But in reality, they were just griping and complaining and and speaking doubt. They were fussing to God about the world falling apart and how hard it is to be a pastor during this time. And I wanted to interrupt in the prayer and say, y'all need to turn off the fake news. Seriously, just turn it off. Good grief. If you listen to the news more than you listen to the word of God, you'll find yourself in the same situation with the weight of the world on your shoulders. But you don't have to carry that weight. Jesus' yoke is easy. His burden is light. He gives you peace in the midst of chaos. He gives you joy. Come on, in the midst of sorrow. Yes, he does. So I painfully listened to these pastors finish their praying. And then it came my turn to pray. And I took my opportunity to speak faith. I pray, Lord, thank you for allowing us to live in this time. It's an exciting time to be alive because you are moving. You've given us everything we need to be a light in the darkness. And how bright that light is in a darkness that's so great. And I continued along these lines, and I imagine several in the room were wondering, what is he on? It ain't drugs, not even marijuana. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm full of peace. I'm full of joy. I'm full of strength, boldness, truth, and every good thing that comes from God. That's what I'm full of. And you know why I prayed this way in the midst of everybody else complaining? Because speaking faith helps others receive their miracle. That's what Jesus did with this little boy. Take a look at how it turned out. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And then the spirit screamed, and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd of people and said, he's dead. Well, crap. Got rid of the demon, but killed the boy. (laughs) Sometimes you speak faith, and it looks like you got the opposite result. And people look at you and say, see, you should have just complained with us instead of leading people into false hope. But this crowd of doubters didn't bother Jesus. You shouldn't let them bother you you either. When it looks like it didn't work, here's what you do next, y'all. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up free. Put action to your faith. Have faith, speak faith, and put action to your faith. Just don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give in to the naysayers. Quit clucking with the chickens and soar with the eagles. It's time to get out of that chicken yard. 
Take your opportunity to speak faith and then get the heck out of there. So when studying all the times that Jesus spoke faith, I discovered three reasons that he did it. Number one, speak faith to birth faith in others. That's why Jesus taught everywhere that he went. He used every opportunity to speak the word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You don't have to be a pastor to do this. You don't even have to mention chapter and verse. Just get the word of God inside of you, and you're going to be speaking faith just naturally. It'll come out of you. Listen to me. You don't have to memorize chapter and verse. You don't even have to tell people this is coming from the Bible. No. Just speak faith. Just speak faith. Speak God's word, and it will inspire faith in others. Number two, speak faith to affirm others' faith. Jesus did this with the woman with the bleeding issue. Her faith had already healed her, but he affirmed her faith by speaking what had already been done by the power of God. This is something that I did for you throughout COVID. You already had faith that God's your healer and your protector. So I affirmed your faith by reminding you that your body is a miracle working machine. You have nothing to fear. God has equipped your body to defeat every virus. That's good news. Yet I got slammed on Facebook for affirming faith regarding COVID. And my accusers, they sounded so holy, y'all. So holy. They said, please quit using God as an excuse to go out and spread the virus. People are dying because of your carelessness. If you want to be like Jesus, then stay home and protect others. And there were plenty of people who showed up in the comments to clap. Yes, that's, that's right. A real Christian would care and show that they care by staying home. Then I showed up to the scene, fully aware that this post was pointed at me, and I used the opportunity to speak faith. Jesus wouldn't have stayed home because he wouldn't have been sick. He would have been out healing the sick. He'd also not be telling people to fear, but to have faith in God. Another thing, you should not be worried about a pastor who is encouraging his congregation to live by faith. You should be worried if he's leading them to live a life controlled by fear. That's when you should get worried. I don't care what my accusers say. They can spread, or they can spread fear and hate all they want to, but I choose to speak faith and spread hope. All right, number three, speak faith to rebuke evil. Jesus always spoke to rebuke evil. He cast out demons with his words. He rebuked the storm with his words. He resisted the devil with his words. Remember in the temptation? It is written, you must worship the Lord your God only and serve him only. We've already read about one time when he cast out demons by speaking. Let me show you one more. In Matthew chapter 8, that evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. There's nothing complex about casting out demons. It's done with a simple command. Come on. But what you say must be birthed out of faith, or you're going to end up like the disciples. You must have confidence in God's word when it says this. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. Do you have a revelation of that yet? Because if you don't, don't try to cast out demons. You'll find yourself in a predicament. And I hope you all understand that when we talk about miracles, casting out demons is part of it. Hmm. You might as well set your expectation right now that we're going to see people delivered from evil spirits. Woohoo! 
If you think that's crazy, go and read the Gospels again. Jesus was casting out evil spirits left and right. I mean, it was like his favorite thing to do. And oftentimes, demons had to be cast out for somebody to be healed. We're pretty good at skirting around this issue in the American church. We love the idea of miracles. We love the idea of prophecy. Wow, that's so great. But start talking about casting out demons, everybody gets uncomfortable. There's nothing to be scared of. We've been given authority over all the works of the devil. Come on. But as long as he keeps us afraid of casting out demons, he keeps us from doing it. It's time to set the captives free. There's people all over the place being tormented by evil spirits. Tormented. And we have what it takes to set them free. So three ways to speak faith. Speak faith to birth faith in others. Speak faith to affirm faith in others. And speak faith to rebuke evil. Did you notice that all three of those have to do with others? Others. All this time, we believe that the main purpose of speaking faith was to bring things into our own lives. That's part of it, but it's not the main purpose. The purpose of speaking faith is to help others receive their miracle. Tim and Darla, thank you for the perfect illustration of that today. Tim needed help this morning. So Darla rose to the occasion, and she started speaking faith. You going to church, buddy, because you heal. That's why we need the body of Christ. You can't do this by yourself. You need others to come alongside you and speak faith along with you to receive a miracle in your life. Listen, come on, lean in. Most important thing I'm going to say right here. Take every opportunity to speak faith. Everyone, when someone comes up to you to share their struggle, do not agree with the struggle. Do not agree with the struggle. Speak nothing but God's word over the situation. I'm not saying to be mean. And that's not what I'm saying at all. Speaking faith doesn't have to sound mean. You don't got to put them down. They may come to you looking for pity, but don't give it to them. Give them something way better. Faith. Because God's word flowing through your mouth holds the power to birth faith so that they can receive their miracle. I've done this for you today. And it's time for you to receive your miracle. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.